0: Hi, welcome to Kids First, a podcast created by Kids for Kids. I'm Lily. And I'm Evie. And each month we talk to people about their jobs. This month we're talking to Kelly. She's a Writers Services Representative for APRA COS at the Queensland Writers' Centre. We're going to be talking about music copyright in this month's podcast. Fact. The definition of copyright is the right to copy things like art,
1: books and music. The very first copyright issue was in the year 561. There was an argument about the owner of a copy of an Irish manuscript and the king gave the judgment, to every cow belongs her calf, therefore to every book belongs its copy. This means every copy of a book belonged to the owner of the original book. The rules have changed a bit since then. Kelly is joining us via a web link, so we apologise for any audio quality issues.
0: We acknowledge that we are on the lands of the Wurundjeri people who have been custodians of this land for thousands of years. Welcome Kelly. In Year 3 we learned about copyright and when we do projects we have to put the links
2: in the bibliography. Can you tell us about your job? Yeah, sure. So my job is the Writer Services Representative um, for Queensland for APRA AMCOS. So APRA stands for the Australasian Performing Rights Association and AMCOS is the Australasian Mechanical Rights Owners Society. They're two, two different societies that collect royalties for people who write music. So if you and I wrote a song together, Lily, we would own that work together And then if we recorded it and that song was put onto a CD, then there's a performance royalty or a performance copyright that exists in just the song existing. And then when it's recorded and put onto a physical, uh, like a CD or put online, there's a thing called a mechanical copyright, which is what people can earn royalties from as well. So what my job is, is to look after all of our members who... Are composers, who write songs, who are co-writers and own those copyrights. And so there are members with us and my job is to look after them to make sure that they get paid, make sure all of their details with us are up to date. And it involves lots of little things like making sure that they have the correct banking details or we also do like initiatives and we have projects where we do professional development where we get people to help musicians make more money or connect with other people so it's a bit of event stuff and it's a bit of a lot of admin stuff.
1: How did you get into this career?
2: So for me getting this particular job I was very lucky because this type of job in the music industry is quite hard to come by but for me I have a degree in film and television like a a visual arts degree that I got when I was younger and then I just played music and I wrote lots of songs and I performed a lot and I have a lot of experience in that side of the music industry plus then I started working in like events doing um working on festivals I did a little bit of teaching of event management so I've got like lots of different what we call strings to my bow like I've got lots of different Types of different job experiences, so they all kind of uh, pointed to the one uh, direction for me, which ended up being this job. So, I'm I'm very lucky. I feel very uh, very lucky to have this job, but I've got all these weird skills from all the other jobs I've ever had.
0: When someone writes a song, how do they know that they have accidentally breached copyright?
2: That's such a great question. When somebody writes a song. When they write it down in their lyric book or if they record it onto their phone, you I don't know if you've ever written a song before, but when you're coming up with ideas, you might just you know, record it onto your phone or a recording device so you remember that little um, lyric thing or the little melody. Even just doing that means that it's copywritten. Copyright is actually what we call automatic. It's protected when you've written it down or there's a date associated to it. When someone's writing something, and I know this because I'm a writer as well, sometimes you accidentally start writing a song you've already written. (laughs) You might find that you've got like a, a melody that keeps popping up and it's one of your own from before. Or, you know, when you listen to music and you get what's called an earworm where you can't get another person's melody out of your head and you're singing it all the time. Sometimes it's really hard not to know that you're accidentally co-opting somebody else's work. You would probably work it out later if you've accidentally um, taken somebody's work. And most of the time, when somebody does breach copyright in that way, it is an accident, and it's often able to be fixed in some way. You may not know that you've accidentally, you know, taken somebody's work. I guess. When it's your own work, you have to know and be aware that copyright is automatic and it's ongoing and it's protected. You don't have to write down or send anything to anybody. But with APRA AMCOS, when somebody is a member, with their are a composer and they're a member with us, we don't copyright their work, we administer the copyright. So we collect royalties when their song is played live or if it's on the radio what it means to be a member with us is that you have a layer of protection but yeah so that the idea of stealing someone's work by accident or by design is is a really hard question um and it, it's a gray area as well but it's a really good question
1: what's the weirdest or funniest copyright case you've worked on
2: well so part of my job is dealing with people and their disputes between each other. So if somebody has written a song and it's registered with us and so, you know, people when they own something, they own a percentage of it. Sometimes some people will have a disagreement as to who owns how much of a work. Often the weird and strange disputes we might have are when people may not be travelling at their best, they might be having a bad time and they might be trying to assert some influence over their other songwriters or they might even have made it up. So some, sometimes we get uh, some people who might think that they have written a really famous song but they haven't. And we know that. One time I had someone email me saying that we owed them millions of dollars because they had co-written songs with Britney Spears. And then they were asking for us to give her, to give that that person Britney Spears' phone number. And it was like, if you had worked and written with Britney Spears, you'd have her phone number and also Britney Spears isn't a member of APRA AMCOS, so we wouldn't be dealing with her anyway. So it's kind of unfortunate because it's not funny. I don't think that those people are necessarily really healthy at that time, you know. So sometimes people are just being hard to deal with and sometimes people are just not having a good time.
0: As a part of your job, you help musicians get their music to online distributors is like that, like Spotify and SoundCloud. Do the musicians
2: get paid? Digital distribution is when your music gets put up um, through a distributor, a third per- a third party. We call them as well. Your music gets put online, and that distributor collects the payments or the sales from Spotify and iTunes and Amazon. And then there's also a royalty that's collected. When a work, what we call music or songs works, when that music is played or streamed, there's a royalty associated. And so that's what we collect. All those platforms like Spotify, iTunes and Amazon, they pay the royalty to the collection society, which is what APRA, AMCOS is, a collection society. Musicians do get paid when their music is used and Um, we basically collect those royalties via a thing called a license. So APRA will license Spotify and iTunes and Amazon and those other online platforms, just like we do with venues and airlines and cinemas. Any place that actually uses music needs to pay for music because it's worth something. It's Somebody owns that intellectual property. And um, somebody also owns the music, the recording. So that's what our job is to make sure those places pay for the music they use and that the musicians who make the music get paid for it. So, yes, to answer that question, musicians do get paid when their music is used. And but places like sometimes like uh, SoundCloud and Bandcamp, for example, they don't have licenses with us because they – uh, have a different uh, relationship with their songwriters or their musicians or their clients. So Bandcamp, the artist puts their music up and they make all the money. So there's no license there because it's between Bandcamp and the artist. But because Spotify and iTunes, the people who make the music, supplying the music, but they also have the clients and the subscribers, they pay to use that service. So there's a license to make sure that the... Um, people who make the music, are making money from that service.
1: You search for missing money from music royalties. Can you explain what, what that is and how you do it?
2: Music is played online or uh, on the radio or on TV. It's collected by a music collection society. So that's what APRA and AMCOS does is we collect royalties and it gets paid to us directly from the user so like I said before, um, like cinemas and airlines, venues, even at school, when you, you when you're learning music, there's sheet music, so the school has to pay for every copy of those. So when someone isn't a member of APRA AMCOS, but they write music, they might be actually earning royalties, but they don't know about it because they're not a member. So we end up being reported the names of people and the work that they have written that they are using. And it sits there in like a holding account waiting for them to become a member. So we've got a big database, like a big list of people that we contact to say did you write this music is this you you're not a member of APRA so you should become a member and then we'll pay you the money that you're owed
0: when you find money to give to musicians is it exciting can you give some money to Dallas Frasca she was on our podcast
2: <laughs> that's awesome Dallas is great and she's a member with us as well. I even think she might be what we call an ambassador as well. So that's someone who kind of is a musician who stands on stands up and talks on our behalf. We we look up to them as being really really great musicians. We do pay Dallas and what I'm going to do is Monday morning, first thing, I'm going to look at her account and make sure that everything she has is up to date, that if she's got anything that's um, waiting for her, that we'll make sure it gets paid.
1: You also have managed chores for bands and made music videos. Evie and I and some friends made a video recently for school where I played Nellie Bly and it was really fun to make. Do you like making videos?
2: Yeah, I love it. It's so much fun. Um, My favourite part of making music videos is the video editing. I love – I can spend hours and hours just sitting there moving vision around to make it look like it's supposed to be there with the music.
0: You're also in a lot of bands, and my dad knows you from Screen Feeder in Brisbane. How many songs have you written as a musician?
2: Wow. I actually don't know, but I would say it's probably – around at least 100 songs. I've done a lot of co-writing with other people. So in Screen Feeder, I write music with Tim, who's the main guitarist and singer, and we write songs together. I've also done songwriting camps where you go away for the weekend and you get paired up with someone and you write a song. I've done stuff like that. I pl- I write my own songs on my own and then I collaborate also with um other bands that I'm in. Yeah, I reckon I've at, at least a hundred or more songs and I hope I've got a hundred or more songs left inside me.
1: <laughs> what did you want to be when you were our age?
2: Well, I reckon I pretty much wanted to do the same thing from when, for as long as I can remember and that was to play music and be in a band. I don't think I've ever wanted to do anything else except for I did go to uni and study film and television so what I wanted to do then was I wanted to make music videos so I've always wanted to do something to do with music and really luckily I've just made those things happen so you know I reckon that if you really want to do something you can just basically keep thinking about doing it and just basically doing it so I've made all of the things that I wanted to do become a reality because I just did them
0: thank you for the interview
2: Kelly thanks for having me on your podcast it's awesome thank you so much
0: thanks for listening to kids first tell your friends all about it You can contact
1: us at kidsfirst.com.au or via Twitter at kids underscore verse.